0: You're listening to The Butterfly Effect Podcast, episode number four. Today, I've brought on Jill Duncombe, the creator of the website podcastmind.com. She listens and blogs about hundreds of different podcasts, from health and fitness to blogging, wedding planning to sci-fi, so you have recommendations on the best of the best and don't have to waste your time weeding through the duds. This episode of The Butterfly Effect Podcast is sponsored by The Sweat Effect. Are time and cost playing a role in your ability to get an effective workout in? Are you overwhelmed by the thought of joining a new gym, but need direction on how to move and what exercises you should be doing? The Sweat Effect is an online fitness program designed with all of those things in mind. For only $25 a month, you receive access to an exclusive private Facebook group where all of your warm-ups and workouts are given to you with video instruction on how to move properly, while getting an efficient workout in. Visit thesweateffect.com for more details on our programs and services. This is the Butterfly Effect podcast, and I'm Ashlyn Newlove, tackling everything from fitness, nutrition, business, life, ice cream cones, and everything else in between to help inspire people to make one change that causes their ripple effect. Welcome to episode number four. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a fitness and nutrition coach helping people have fun, keep fit, and reach their goals while they're at it with my online program, The Sweat Effect. I've known Jill for a few years now when she joined CrossFit and I got the opportunity to coach her. I was oblivious to her cool hobby of podcasts until the butterfly effect came to light and she shared her passion for podcast blogging with me and actually featured it on her website. Since I'm a big listener of podcasts, I thought this was the most brilliant idea because I have spent so much time searching for the perfect listen, which can be super annoying if you're going to go for a walk in minus 40 weather and start listening to one that is not captivating at all which I actually have done and know from experience.
1: Hello to everyone, and thanks so much for reaching out to me, Ashlyn. I've spent so much time as a listener of many different podcasts, and I was so excited to jump in and be a part of the creative process. I'm Jill Duncombe, and I'm currently a technician in a genetics lab where I do commercial testing for the agriculture industry. I end up spending a lot of time alone in my lab, and I found I was really needing something to keep my mind busy while I was working, so that's when I discovered podcasts. I was finding these really awesome podcasts and realized that I wanted to talk about and share what I was listening to. I also wanted to help people sort through the thousands of podcasts that are out there to help them find what they were really interested in listening to, which is why I created PodcastMind.com. I'm also super passionate about health and fitness. I started out my fitness journey in my living room working out to YouTube instructors about six years ago. I found CrossFit along the way, which has probably been one of the best things I've ever been able to be a part of because it's a great and supportive community and where i met Ashlyn. And that's basically me in a nutshell.
0: You know how in every other podcast, people usually bring on guests and ask them questions. We'll be doing a little bit of that, but I will be bringing on guest hosts to put me under the microscope. This week, we're mixing it up a bit. If you follow The Sweat Effect on Instagram, you may have seen my post last week opening up the questions to my listeners. While Jill has come up with a few on her own, she's also going to be integrating in the questions that the public wanted to know the answers to as well.
1: Okay, perfect. So this first one comes from Allison in Priestville. And it is in your fitness journey, what has been one of the
0: biggest challenges? I know this sounds crazy, because I talk a lot about confidence. But when it comes to fitness, believing in myself has honestly been the biggest thing that has ever held me back. I doubt my abilities all the time, which then halts your progress. If you can't I'm gonna throw out this, you know, believe that what you can achieve. <laughs> the super lame line. You're actually never gonna do it. So for so many years, I sat there and I can't do this, I can't do that. And it took me like, um, uh, I talked about muscle ups in a couple episodes ago. It took me years to do a muscle up because I didn't get one right away. And then I was like, Well, I can't do one. Maybe I'll just I'll be the girl who can never do a muscle up. And that is kind of, yeah, where things held me back. Honestly, if I would have just put my head down and just did the work, which I did end up doing the work anyways, but I always had set myself back because I didn't believe in myself. And I've talked about this before too, that Curtis and my friends and even members at the gym always could see my abilities more than I could see them in myself. And because of that, yeah, like I, I definitely believe that that was one of the biggest challenges with where I've gotten in my fitness career so far.
1: Yeah, I find that in CrossFit all the time. I'll, like, load my barbell up and then one of my coaches will come by and, like, look at the barbell and then look at me and be like, come on, Jill. <laughs> so then I'll put more on and, like, oh, hey, I, I could do that.
0: Yeah, and I that happens a lot, actually, with uh, members and whatnot when you're coaching you will have people who've been coming for years and they will always grab the, like the little trainer bar that's 15 pounds and put the tens on because that's just what they do. And then they're done their workout in like three minutes when it's actually supposed to be like a 10 minute type of workout. But they just, it's, they just don't have that confidence in their fitness. And there's my transfer over into other areas of life as well. Mine doesn't. It's like, Almost solely related to fitness. <laughs> one of the things that I lack the most confidence in. So yeah. I do see it quite a bit. Um, so I understand why it happens. I don't know why that that is my biggest downfall in like my, like the negative side of my life though. Which is a good question.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the second one. If you could go back in time and talk to 20-year-old Ashlyn, what would be three words of wisdom? Her. This is from Amy in Meadow Lake.
0: Oh boy. Well, I would tell her to get interested in your health now. I spent way too many years being educated and listening to people who didn't know what they were talking about, just telling me what I should be doing. And I never researched it. I just listened to them and then I would try it out and it wouldn't work because they didn't have the expertise and knowledge behind kind of what they were telling me to do, but I was believing them. And or maybe it was something that they tried that worked for them and as we know and as I've learned in working with all the people that I work with now, like this isn't a cookie cutter program. Everybody is a little bit different. So why was I listening to something that just worked for somebody else? I fell into fad diets and I didn't just put the work in. And Everybody's always out there looking for that thing that's going to make them lose weight, get in shape when it's actually just a little bit of hard work and there's no tricks. There's no anything like that. And I think I was out there always searching for that trick. I didn't realize why I had put on weight uh, when I was had come out of high school. I was end, my, Like my activity level was way down. I was eating more food. If I would have just looked at the big picture, but being a kid who was always super active in sports and my family always just, um, they were like meat and potatoes and vegetables oh, yeah. every day. <laughs> so it was like looking at it, it was like, okay. So we did eat quite a bit of whole foods and I was active. So that's why I always was Fit and wasn't overweight as a kid and then now I drop my activity level way back I'm eating more processed you know calorically dense food magically I put on 30 pounds
1: <laughs> I think that happens a lot for people like if they're generally really fit or into sports or something as a kid and then they go to university where they're like for the first time like they're on their own and they're responsible for their intake and I wish that I would have found CrossFit sooner but I feel like um I feel like it fitness isn't really a priority like in your first like year or two in university and I totally wish that
0: I would have and two that. muscles were weird um yeah when I like I even remember starting CrossFit and there were a few girls in the gym who did have some muscles and I was like like, I want to look fit, but muscles, like, that might be too much.
1: Some people are really scared of having a little muscle.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now I have muscles, and I'm like, oh, I could have bigger muscles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's never – it's so funny, and this is – people are going to think, like, oh, who does she think she is? But we went to Vegas, and people were actually, like – whoa like this girl looks different than everyone else like there was a lot of like thin people and a pe- like people who worked out and obviously there was a lot of like overweight people mm-hmm. and that weren't interested in their health but I looked different to them but and it was because I had some muscle but yeah back in the day and especially in young girls they want to look like they're fit Mm -hmm. but having too much muscle like they that is too much for them that would be too so yeah I know so much more than what I knew when I was 20 years old and I wish I had gotten into some fitness too and I wanted to like I was out there always like searching for different things I was like maybe I'll try volleyball because I you know played volleyball back in high school and I really liked it and yeah just when you're not practicing and like I used to figure skate and we were on the ice multiple times for multiple hours every week. And you don't realize how many calories and things that you're burning. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. And I could eat a rink cheeseburger and fries when I was there. That's just like, I'd be like, oh, that's what I'm having for supper. <laughs> I look back on it now. I was like, oh, lucky that you were active. <laughs>
1: for <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so this one, next one's from Stacy and Airdrie. Did you face any mental roadblocks on your f- health, fitness, and entrepreneurial journey? If so, what were they and how did you overcome them?
0: Like, I still go back and forth with what I want out of my fitness journey. Like, do I want to compete in weightlifting? Do I want to do all of the local competitions? And, you know, or am I just doing it for my health? Because all of those are all very different things. And it's Mm -hmm. so crazy because I was just listening to a podcast on the way in and they were talking about the longevity in the sport of CrossFit because we don't, it's, and I say newer, because we don't know what that's going to look like for somebody who's been doing CrossFit for 40 or 50 years. Right? People have maybe been doing it for 10, 15 years now, but it's a newer, you know, way of fitnessing so they don't know what it's like for the longevity of your body and what he was saying was you know the everyday person who's just doing it for their health and fitness they're going to continue to get you know stronger fitter and live a healthier life because of it but that is different than the competitive crossfitter and the competitive crossfitter is also different than the elite crossfitter which is going to the crossfit games who are totally like their bodies are under extreme stress at all times and he compares those to like you know uh, super competitive athletes like in major sports and they say that those major sports can take five to seven years off of life off of someone's life That's so crazy. yeah so being in the nfl takes five to seven years off of their life because their bodies are under so much stress from their training and competing. And that's what they're doing all the time. So that's my struggle is, you know, my that's my roadblock. I'm always like, where am I going with this? You know, like at times I'm like, this is awesome. I do it for my health and fitness and I can get that done in an hour a day. But then I'm like, okay, so now I want to add an Olympic lifting program. And then maybe I'll get up the nerves to do another Oli meet or something. But then it's like, I don't need to be doing that for my health. I don't know. That's my competitive side in me. So yeah, that is my struggle and I'm back and forth with it a lot. As far as my entrepreneurial journey goes, um, with sweat effect. No, like I, I, 100% know what I'm doing with it. My entrepreneurial journey in the past, I had no idea what I was doing, but I think that's why I know 100% what I'm doing now <laughs> cuz I le- yes, <laughs> Learn from my mistakes.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, going back to the the fitness thing, like I I'm not like a competitive I'm a competitive person and I've competed in like a few local competitions and I go pretty regularly when I'm not training for a competition but after I'm done that competition I'm exhausted like I need to like step away for a couple of days usually because I like put so much more effort into yeah showing up and doing the work
0: <laughs> like your intensity level goes up mm-hmm. so it's like your adrenal fatigue is at a high and you're doing more volume in a shorter amount of time than you're used to the gym right you come in you do your one hour class every day or five days a week because we yeah
1: yeah you know but you take fewer rest days and-
0: yeah and then you go to this competition mm-hmm. it might be a two-day competition where you you're doing six workouts in two days so they can test all these different areas. And then at the end of it, you're like, oh, like not only are you like sore, from, like your muscles are sore, but yeah, adrenaline fatigue and your central nervous system is tired. It's just actually physically draining. So it's like, and we're on like such a small, small scale of what the competitive athletes are doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, when they come back from, like, I look at some of their workouts at regionals and I'm like, oh, man, yeah. that looks horrible. Hardcast. Hardcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I loved being on a regional team. But I, then I look at the individual events, I'm like, wow, their body's like good for you Yeah, because I couldn't do it. I, you know, so I have so much respect for them, but that is why also why they say you can't do that for like years and years and years because yeah you'll just burn out in the end for sure
1: okay this next one's from raylene in north battleford your job is awesome and requires sleep and recovery how do you fit your nutrition in along with all of these things do you eat past 7 p.m or have a post nighttime snack
0: okay so jill's gonna laugh at me because i just had the (laughs) hardest (laughs) dilemma of my life I drove in to record the podcast and I didn't pack any additional snacks. And when I got here, I was starving. Uh,
1: yeah. So... I'm reading over you claiming you're a snack queen, and you failed pretty hard on that one.
0: <laughs> I failed, I had no snacks. I love to snack so hard. And uh, so Taylor, who is our tech here recording the podcast, gave me a granola bar because I was so hungry. <laughs> so at least I could snack. But yes, I'm constantly eating. So, But that's what I was also just saying. Like when this predicament was coming down where I, my stomach was literally growling and I had no <laughs> snacks on me, I was like, I hope people don't think that I starve myself or anything because I eat like over 2000 calories a day, but I just, I get, I'm hungry every couple hours. So I was ill prepared, but that (laughs) I am, I'm the snack queen. Um, and we talk about meal timing with clients a lot. And just because I like to eat, you know, three meals a day with probably three snacks a day or so, That doesn't mean that that works for everybody. And that doesn't mean that that's right. And that doesn't mean what somebody else is doing isn't right. It's basically whatever is best works best for you. So people are going to wonder how do you eat all the time and still lose weight? Well, because what the work that I did put into my nutrition, like over the last couple of years, my metabolism, like at 35 years old, is actually better than it has been in years. And that's how I know it's working because that's when I know every two hours I need to have a little snack. <laughs> so <laughs> I we laugh too because as a lot of people saw on my Instagram story. I accidentally, one morning I woke up super early and people know that I work late. So I like to sleep. I get my eight hours in, but I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning because I was so freaking hungry. <laughs> And I go to text my husband to tell him this and Courtney, because obviously I have to text both of them. <laughs> this was a large concern uh, that I was up super early because I was hungry and I accidentally texted the guy who bought our house in the city. <laughs> he didn't respond and I was actually kind of embarrassed and I don't get embarrassed over a lot of things. People who follow me on Instagram thought it was hilarious. I was like, I'm up so early because I'm so hungry, and I was going on and on about it. so <laughs> embarrassing.
1: <laughs> so everyone that knows
0: Ashlyn needs to pack an
1: emergency snack for her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I and I also said with when I uh, Curtis and I are going anywhere, I'll <laughs> if I'm like, I am getting hungry. Hangry. Those is, that's the key. The key words to be like, uh-oh, get this girl some food. She's going off the rails soon. It's, the hanger will be real. you like a snack fanny pack on you at all times. I have a fanny pack that I wear at the lake, which is... Yes. are lake... coming
1: back, people.
0: Yes. I do. People probably see me walking around the lake with my fanny pack. It carries my... You bear spray in it in case like any wild animal. by wild animals are some pack dogs out there so don't think (laughs) that there's like bears or anything but I carry that in there in case I ever need it to spray an animal that might attack us (laughs) but I should be carrying more snacks in it um but like I said I had to get to a place where I can be eating so often but that doesn't mean that when I lost the weight I just like Now, go crazy on food because that's not how it works either. It's not like you do all this work and put all this time and effort into it, and then you get to just go back to your old habits again. Because if anybody has done this, they know the quick, hard answer to that is gaining the weight back. So, I worked hard, got my metabolism to a place that it is, and now I do snack all the time. And I even snack late at night, I always have. I generally have popcorn with melted butter on it mm. before bed. Well, that's my like 10 to 11 p.m. snack. But then I'll fast for 12 hours. And when people are like, oh, you're fasting, that must be what the key to your success is. That is not the key to my success. The only reason I fast, and that includes like my eight hours of sleep in it. So I'm really only fasting for four hours, like four hours of my awake time. The reason I fast is because I like to eat more food within a shorter window of time during my day. So if I fast for 12 hours a day, then the calories and the food that I'm eating, I eat within my 12 hour window and I'm not stretching it out over longer periods of the day. But that's because that works for me. Now, some people that wouldn't work for you, maybe you work out in the morning and you're like, I need to have some carbs before I do my workout. So it's not going to work for you. I don't work out until the evening and also i work from home so if at if i have my last snack at 11 well then i can just go to the fridge and make me something at 11 a.m. whereas other people are like well i either have to have my snack at 10 or 12 and i use a 12 hour window like as a loose you know time frame as well i'm not so strict to that either <laughs>
1: for sure it's
0: just it's how i'm feeling on any given day so is fasting the key to success not necessarily does it work for me? Yes. So, I do eat past 7. I if I was more of a breakfast person too, I would. Like I love breakfast foods. I just don't like eating super early in the morning. So, yeah, that is the long answer to the question. Always have snacks available. Yeah. <laughs> and I do I do t- pass for 12 hours. So,
1: I don't understand those people that forget to eat because like literally as I'm eating, I'm thinking about the next thing that I'm going to be eating.
0: (laughs) And I, somebody, I saw an Instagram story, but someone was like, I just ate my lunch and then I don't get to eat my other lunch until 1.30 and I'm already thinking about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible because I do my things like I eat on the fly too. So I always tell clients that are getting used to it to like pre-plan their food out in in my fitness pal so they know how to reach their goals, right? And we call it like macro Tetris and fitting the food in both so you know how you're going to reach your goals that day. I do mine on the fly because I can just kind of watch my number and know what I need to be eating to reach my goals at the end of the day. Somebody's going to say, "I saw you had to eat 450 grams of potatoes the other day." <laughs> yep, I saw that. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> I was having lunch with a friend and things got a little crazy, so I ha- ate all these potatoes and then I went to the gym for this really long running workout. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, "Oh boy, these potatoes are a little heavy, probably." They were they, yeah, they were sitting so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the long answer to that question.
1: <laughs> this one's from Tracy and Moosejaw. What do you do when you mentally tap out during a workout to push you to keep going?
0: Yeah, I had this actually happen maybe a few weeks ago um, where I literally wanted to quit. And I talked about it um, with my followers afterwards. The workout was super hard. I was really hot out, and I just had had enough of it. I did not quit. I was doing it by myself too, and that that is so hard. Mm. Um, Curtis was doing a workout beside me, but he was doing a different one. And his workout was like five minutes shorter than mine. Mm. And I was super tired at that point, and I was like, this friggin' sucks. But I guess I ask myself, you know, what would... The people that you coach and teach about fitness think if you quit this workout, what kind of example are you setting for those people? And also, I wouldn't have felt good about myself if I would have quit. It wasn't like I was in like physical pain. You know, I wasn't putting myself into some sort of position where I was injuring myself. I was just really uncomfortable. And that's what CrossFit is, is getting being comfortable with getting uncomfortable for sure. And I'm super comfortable with like being really uncomfortable for short amounts of time and pushing into those over 20 minute workouts and being uncomfortable for that is like a real mental battle for me. It's not a physical one because obviously I could keep going and I did because I finished the workout But yeah, I want to do it for the people that look to me for fitness advice. I don't think it would set a really good example. And I know that they're not there watching me. But how am I to give advice to somebody on their health journey when I'm quitting things on my own? So I guess that is what happened the last time that I had mentally tapped out of a workout. Um one of my things is just like just you you've got this you just you have to keep going like just keep swimming like it is almost the dark place yeah like <laughs> you're in that that yucky feeling again i'm really selling crossfit to people right it's now it's awesome you're going to hate
1: <laughs> love it and hate it at the same time <laughs>
0: yeah. you're going to hate this workout but it's awesome yeah that it <laughs> This is the fun doesn't have to be fun to be fun. (laughs) You were like, that was awful, but I had so much fun. And like, if you finish something that's awful, you feel really good about yourself. Yes. You feel super accomplished. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that I would say that workout was squashing me. I went to a place where I was like, oh, I want to quit right now. Like literally want to set these weights down and stop. But I, I did it for the people you know, um, and I guess essentially for myself because it wasn't making me any better at anything. It wasn't benefiting me to quit. So, and guess what? I survived and I was happy that I did it. Good job, Ashlyn. Thanks. Thanks.
1: <laughs> uh, what mantra would you say keeps you consistent with your goals on a daily basis and why? This is from Brandon in Saskatoon.
0: My, like this past year, my, go- my mantra has been that I'm just trying to live my best life. So kind of everything that I do encompasses that. If I, and this goes more than just, you know, health and nutrition, it's business-wise, it was just being happy, making sure that everything that I was doing in my life was having a positive impact on it. So if there was something that was, you know, creating that negative juju or whatever, I had to cut it out. And I, yeah, if it wasn't something that was like creating this, you know, spot for me to live my best life at, then I just didn't have time or space for it in my life. And that, like I said, it goes for, I have to be enjoying my, what I'm doing for my fitness. I have to enjoy the food that I'm eating. I have to enjoy my work I needed to enjoy where I was living. The people I was surrounding myself with. And don't take that as I moved out of Saskatoon to because I have awesome friends here and I'm going to go meet everybody after we're done rec- recording today. So, and they come out to our house at the lake too. But also it was about Curtis living his best life too. We were finding that now that he lives closer to like a closer drive to work. So that's cutting an hour and a half off his trip. Oh, that's
1: huge. (laughs) Yeah. Each
0: week there and back, right? So three hours. And so he got, he gets home earlier and he's at the lake. It used to be, he got home. We'd be, okay, let's pack up the camper, you know, get the boat loaded up. You got to get to the grocery store. Oh, but the grass still needs to be cut. And we're scrambling around to spend a few days at the lake to come back, unload it all, Now he just comes home and he's there. So we're honestly both living our best lives right now. And that's a journey too. I don't feel like anybody should be stuck down one path because it's just what they feel that they have to do. There is flexibility out there and maybe not the flexibility to you know, sell your house and pack up and move away from your friends and family and things like that. But I honestly believe that what I'm doing creates my happiness and that's how I live my best life.
1: Yeah. I always find that you always hear like, if you want this, these are the steps that you have to do to get there. And that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes you just have to take
0: risks in order to figure out what actually makes you happy. Yeah, and Like, honestly, I don't even, anything that we did with our move and anything, I don't see as a risk or anything like that Um, because it did work out. Oh, we did have one risk though. So what happened with our house? We had it listed for sale and we had found the house that we wanted to buy at the lake and we had a condition on it that it was if somebody else made an offer, then we had 48 hours to decide whether we were buying it or not. So they caught we got the call and yet somebody else had made an offer and we were like, we're taking it. We still had our other house and we're like, okay, we're yep. going to have two houses for a little <laughs> bit. And the, like the world smiled upon us. It brought a buyer they moved in the week after we moved out. It was literally meant to be.
1: That's awesome that that worked out. It is. Yeah. That was the risk that we like, took. this is my summer home. Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: like, oh boy, we—that that is a lot of houses for just us two people to have. <laughs> it worked out. So that was the risk.
1: There are married couples that live in their own houses. <laughs> yes.
0: That's a thing. <laughs> and I mean, I guess I could have shipped Curtis off there if I ever... Yeah. yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah that was the one risk that we took and it did end up working out but we were also we weren't going to drive ourselves into the poor house doing it right it wasn't like we were like oh man if we don't sell this we're not going to be able to make both payments I'm not suggesting do that you have to know what your boundaries are we just didn't want to be you know having two houses so um yeah that is I guess how I live my best life (laughs)
1: Okay, this one's from your husband, Curtis. What what is your vision for the
0: sweat effect in two to three years? So funny because people are probably like, he already probably knows the answer to that question, and I do a lot of talking at home too, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a quieter man, and he listens so well. But it's not like he'll will ever sit down. And he'll be like, what do you see your goals in five years? <laughs> Tell me about
1: your dreams.
0: Yeah, like it's just like. I'm constantly talking and I'm like always telling him about my like visions for things for stuff, but I would never be like, you know, in this instance, in two to three years, I would like to see this happening. Like he does know what my goals are, but for this, that was, that's a genuine question. It was actually a really good one. So good job, Curtis. Um, but my goal for the sweat effect would be to be a recognized brand to strangers. Like, you don't even know how awesome it feels when I'm at home and an email pops up, and someone I don't know has signed up for the program. So I obviously reach a lot of people that I already know, and I you know have amazing interactions with them. But the fact that it is now taken that like second step outside the circle is like so mind-blowing to me it's really and exciting it is exciting <laughs> and I know when people are like why is that mind blowing that's what you want I know it's what I want but to see yours happening yeah to see your dream <laughs> and your goals happening is like really like humbles you and makes you feel so grateful for you know the people that see the value in you and I like I take it as a direct like you know, comparison to myself. They actually see that I am worth what I'm offering. And I believe that I'm worth what I'm offering. And I know the programs and stuff that I do work and anybody who does them are like, yep, that was awesome. It was great. Um, I put on this eight week transformation program. Literally everyone was like, whoa, Like that was really good. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I took my, you know, fitness and nutrition and put it together into an eight week program for them. And they were like, that was super effective. Almost like they were shocked by it. And I was like, no, I knew that this program was going to work for you. And I'd laid it out in a way that it was like easy to follow and easy to go through the steps, but they were almost shocked by their progress by doing it. So I'm like so proud of them. And I'm so proud of myself too. Like now I can take my knowledge and create a program and things out of it. It's, it still blows my mind. So yeah, in two to three years, I, I want to be recognized uh, by my brand, by strangers and, you know, just help people on a larger scale. That's the whole goal of everything that I do is to be able to help people, and even in some way, whether it's, I get, I do freebies all the time. So whether it's challenges, um, 30 day plank or push up challenges and things like that, or sending out, I, we did up a fast food survival guide and sent that out to people. I want, I just want to help people. And I want that to reach as many people as it can, whether or not they pay for a service with me, or just, you know, take the advice that I'm rambling on about on my Instagram story one day. Yeah. So, yeah, I I want to be able to, like, be more mobile. Like, be able to be anywhere and running my business. And, like, supporting Curtis and I more, like, from it. So, that would be the goal.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: I Like, I think people
1: will see that you're genuine about your intentions of helping them and people believe in you.
0: (laughs) Yes, people believing in you is a hard one. Uh, Even like when I was still working at the gym and they were like, you're a really good coach. And I'm just like, oh, but it's like the fact is like I'd put so many hours into coaching, watched so many people move, taken all my like spending thousands of dollars on certifications and time with you know professionals in the industry trying to learn from them researching things fixing my own movement patterns like i just it's now like a second nature to me and so when someone calls me a a good coach i'm like oh (laughs) you guys (laughs) like no (laughs) and then i had a reflection recently i'm like i am a good coach you know i i I can help other coaches coach from time to time, you know, when they need a second set of eyes, like I do focus a lot on how people move and can pinpoint, you know, where things are going wrong in, let's say a gymnastics movement or a barbell movement or something like that. And I rode the struggle bus hard for many years, like not knowing how my own, like I was very body unaware. So taking all that knowledge from being a poor mover, anyone who comes into the gym and is a really good mover, they're just like, oh, I don't really know how I did that. I just did it. Yeah. For me, I spent years working on things so (laughs) I know I can break it down to the exact point where I had an aha moment and be like oh I was doing that too and this is how I fixed it
1: yeah I'm just like I hear the words coming out of your mouth to help me fix
0: this movement and I understand them but I don't know how to make my body do that (laughs) yeah and that was me for like so many years even still I'll be like hey I'm going in a, I'm, a, I'm in a funk right now with my butterfly chest of our pull-ups and I'm at a new gym. And I think that they are like, well, she's been doing so CrossFit for so many years. Like, I don't want to tell her I'll take tips. If you like, oh, if you, I love tips. Yeah. If you move, like if you do th- that movement better than me, tell me something. I will try it. So it
1: this easier for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And it might be something that when I do it, the way that I word it and tell it to somebody else, it clicks with them. You can hear something like a million times and then the way that one person words it just slightly differently, then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. I totally get that now. I could, exp-
1: I could explain this as if I'm five. Yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, from Chantel from Toronto. How much do you think mental health factors into our motivation to pursue our fitness and nutrition goals? Which should we assess first, our mental health or our physical health?
0: Oh man, it's huge. And mental and physical health go hand in hand. Like I truly believe that people need to be exploring different avenues of physical activity just to help with mental health. Whether you struggle with it or not, it like our physical activity, our fitness does help with things like stress, anxiety, depression, more than some people even realize I think so like whatever it is whatever their it is whether it's yoga or CrossFit or running or Pilates whatever that thing is that gets you you know moving and active then that's perfect but yeah I think the key is finding that so you'll stay consistent with it for sure consistency and I talk about I use the word consistency so much I use it almost every day I (laughs) bet
1: you use it consistently (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm like patting myself on the (laughs)
0: back I'm so funny (laughs) I if you can stay consistent with your physical fitness that's gonna benefit your mental health so much and I guess as far as what should we assess first, obviously you know that you need some help with some mental health struggles you may have. So in trying some physical fitness to maybe alleviate any of the symptoms would be a good start. But you know, obviously you need to be doing other things for your mental health too. But I just find that fitness is such a great way to improve it in some way
1: yeah I think it's huge um I used to force my sister to do like everything that I was trying (laughs) and she like hated it. She would like death glare at me the whole time or like swear at me. And then she found kickboxing and jujitsu and MMA fighting. And I'm like, okay, this is where you're, you found your thing. Like you're much happier now. And sometimes you just have to explore different
0: avenues of fitness. And And then then she does it more often because she loves it. Yeah, for sure. So just because I found what I love doesn't mean that's going to be what you love and I talk about this with nutrition clients a lot that you just you have to just try things whether it's you know spin or like you said kickboxing or i don't anything literally anything but yeah just something people some people like to swim or it can be you know less high impact but yeah sweating is can do so much for you for sure so
1: yeah so i hope that answers her question Okay. Now we're onto my questions. Oh boy. (laughs) So I've learned a lot about you from the last few podcast episodes and something I've noticed based on so many of the decisions you've made along the way is that you're fearless. How do you deal with self doubt or negativity when you're making big life changes?
0: It's so crazy to me to hear somebody describe me as fearless. And I, that is because I put fearless with, like, I'm scared of a lot of things but just, I guess, not emotional things, emotionally related things. I'm scared of snakes and heights and mice and getting hurt, doing things that might cause me to get hurt. (laughs) And like the list goes on and on and on. And so, yeah, when I hear somebody describe me as that, I'm like, that's, I love that I'm seen that way. But yeah, I guess... That's my whole not self-doubt. That is that's that that is the (laughs) self-doubt and negativity. So how do I deal with it? Um I don't know, like when I started the Sweat Effect, I held back a lot from my posts and things like that. And I was taking a lot of classes on social media and like how like the things that people like to read and see and things on there. But I was really scared to be vulnerable. Uh, I was scared of my peers judging me and I held back. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to get any further ahead giving a shit what those people think about me. And if that's the case, they're not my ideal client anyways. You know, they're probably, if they're judging the things that I'm posting about, then they're never going to support my business in any sort of way. And I talk about business support in anything from just like, you know, liking someone's post or, you know, asking me about my business, caring at not just financially, like purchasing something from me. Those people aren't going to do that. No. So why was I caring so much about what they thought? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And yeah, I got some people who unfollowed me, but the the people that I impacted was so much greater than that. And so I think reflecting on that and seeing that, yeah, you do you and don't care what the other people are thinking because it actually helped more people in the end than the few people. And you know what? They're the ones that are missing out anyways, because I'm funny and I give good advice and (laughs) I like to think I'm engaging for sure you might not like to hear the sound of my voice but guess what you probably don't listen to my podcast then either (laughs) so (laughs) so I can say those types of things right like they're 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 not the people that are lifting you up and yeah that would be I guess where I kind of had to become fearless and that's my yeah not giving a shit about things. So I think that's kind of, so what do I do to deal with it? I don't know. I, being confident in yourself is huge. Just knowing that what you're offering the world is what people need and that you're helping. And that helps with any time that I have self doubt and I've made mistakes in the past and yeah I bounce other ideas off my other you know friends who run businesses and things that they've done that worked for them and what have not and I learned a lot from my previous business and working as a mortgage broker as well because they helped build me to where I am today and gave me that hustle because I when I was started out the business as a mortgage associate I had to hustle and I had to get all my clients. And although that I was working under like the TMG name, I was responsible for any money that I was going to make. No clients, no money. Don't do a mortgage. Don't get paid. So that helped me where I got today with this business. But my other business in the past, holy smokes. (laughs) I could go on about things that, you know, Negatively, I think I was in a bad spot then too. Like when things weren't going well in my business, and I didn't know how to deal with them. Probably partially due to age, and I didn't have like a mentor to turn to and things like that. And then I still it's still like a it's still like a hard spot with me. Like thinking about it, I'm like, oh, like I failed at something, and failure. Can, I
1: wouldn't call it failing.
0: Well. I tried. It didn't work out. We ended up selling it. Was it was
1: an experience that led you to where you are right now.
0: Yes, it was an experience.
1: <laughs> it's really easy to focus on the negative things, I find.
0: It is. And I think that what people get out of, like, when they're looking back, they're like, oh, no, like, if we close the store down and sell it, then they'll see that as failure. And then they that's vulnerable, right? Being vulnerable in front of people mm-hmm. is hard. And that's why CrossFit is hard for people too, because you, like you are vulnerable, like you're uncomfortable and, you know, you might be moving your body in a way that, you know, doesn't hide you from things. So yeah, being okay with being vulnerable would be the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, that's really, that's really tough. I'm an introvert, so, like, sharing things about myself with people, like, just doesn't come naturally. So, like, I've been with my fiancé for 12 years, and we were, like, four or five years in when he, like, found out some stuff about me. And I was like, oh, did I not tell you that? Like, you need to ask me very
0: specific questions. (laughs) That's so funny because... I just went back on your Instagram. I was like, I wonder what her fiance looks like. Because I don't Is really know. Been there? <laughs> there was one photo. I was he like... He doesn't like getting his picture taken. <laughs> and now you say that you've been together for 12, 12 years. years. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. And as I started off this episode saying that I didn't know you had your website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was super cool. I was cool. really
1: afraid to share it with people that I knew when I first started it. So, because I like was like being vulnerable and like talking about myself and my life and things that I like and I don't generally do that on
0: a day-to-day basis. So, Yeah, and it's like what if what I'm telling people that I like they don't like? They're not going to like me. And <laughs> yeah. and then it actually turns out it doesn't really matter yeah. if they do or they don't. That's and fine. you're doing something that you enjoy and That's the main thing, right? (laughs) Living your best life, doing the things that you enjoy. So I don't know if that's very good advice on my end or answers your question, but. I think it does. Yeah. Okay, my
1: next question. I obviously have to ask you what your favorite go-to
0: podcast is. I have two. I have two go-to podcasts. Um, very different from one another, actually. And I don't know if you've ever listened to these. You've actually probably listened to the one which I have talked about. It's called Chasing Excellence with Ben Bergeron. He is a a CrossFit coach. He owns a CrossFit gym, but he also trains higher level CrossFit athletes. Could I say CrossFit in that sentence any more times? Try one more time. (laughs) (laughs) So he does talk about you know, the gym and fitness and stuff in it. But he also talks about like how to make changes, to turn things into priorities into the life that you want to lead. And some of those things really resonate with me. So that's why I enjoy it. So it's not like I'm listening to it, you know, for tips on CrossFit or anything. I just do like his views on, yeah, like make, try and make something a priority if you want to make that change in your life. And it kind of stems into all areas. Um, it's, and he's given good book recommendations and stuff on there that, you know, benefit like business related things because he's a business person too. And um, talking about like coaching people. So that's awesome for me as well to learn about. And yeah, I just love his take, I guess, on how to change yourself for the better. And the other one is called the gold digger podcast. And that's with Jenna Kutcher. I have listened to this one. Oh, you have listened to (laughs) it. Yes. She is awesome. awesome. She came from a small town and she started her little photography business with a camera she bought off of whatever their Kijiji is in the States. Craigslist. Craigslist. Thank you. Yes. And yeah, she started her business and flourished it through social media And she is this just phenomenon now. And, and I just love the advice that she gives on business and like on how to get your business out there. And she actually coaches people on like how to grow their business by social media now and make your brand more aware. And that was some of the courses and like, uh, I took a bunch of her webinars and that's how I, you know, learned to get a little more in tune with my audience on Instagram as well. So, those would be the, my two favorites. Yeah. I have to ask you, what is your all time favorite out of all of the ones that you recommend?
1: Um, my favorite go to podcast is the No Sleep Podcast. It's, like short stories that are horror fiction oh <laughs> I, it's really good they have really good voice actors and um i just find it really soothing <laughs> 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 yes it's not- really entertaining and like awesome for road trips or that kind of thing okay
0: i like <laughs> how you call it soothing when it's a horror podcast
1: yeah but <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> it's it's really good like if you like like listening to fiction short stories like it's a really good avenue to go down. Oh I always get that reaction. Yeah.
0: And I like that it's also called the no sleeply. No sleep. But you're like oh, it is soothing. It's sooth- it it puts me right into it, the mood for sleep. It actually helps me sleep. <laughs> oh, my, that's amazing. <laughs> one question for you? Yeah. Like with your with your hobby cuz I would you would consider it a hobby right now? A passion, a hobby? Yeah is there a goal for it? Are you just going to continue it as a hobby or like, do you ever want to try and grow the blog like as a revenue stream or anything like that? And I know that might be like digging right in (laughs) there, but I I was interviewing you. (laughs) No, I'm interested because I
1: think it is a super cool concept. Yeah. I'm actually really hoping to one day be able to do it full time. Yes. So and, and follow the like entrepreneurial
0: questions. And you put it out there into the world I did. now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So. I like it, Jill. I like it. <laughs> hey,
1: that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, okay. How do you follow your nutrition goals when
0: you're traveling and are faced with delicious temptations? Oh, that depends where we're going. If I'm in Vegas for three days, no. There are there's no tracking, there's, I'm, I'm only there for three days. And anyone who has been to Vegas, they know it just like engulfs you. You just become Vegas for three days. <laughs> and I'm not saying I go there and I'm like, pigging out on all the food because I've restricted myself for years. That's not how it goes. But if I want to go over to my favorite chicken and waffle place, there's this like stand outside New York, New York, and they make these awesome deep fried chicken and waffle sandwiches there. And I have to get one every time I'm in Vegas. I have it. I'm not, not having that. But if I'm gone for like three weeks Um, we were just in Costa Rica for three weeks, then yeah, I'm definitely still being very mindful because three days in Vegas, I can get back on track and it was, you know, like nothing ever happened. Three weeks in Costa Rica, that can definitely set you back. So I try to make better choices when I'm there and I will, you know, track and measure some of my food, definitely not all of it. And I'm not restricting myself from, Like I make sure I try all the local cuisine. I'll have some cocktails, you know, things like that. I'm just not going overboard on it because I think that sometimes people, they see a vacation as their time to go crazy. And that's not what I do, especially for those longer periods. And we're actually planning on going away for a couple months this winter. Crazy. And that's kind of the start to my nomad journey, like while I'm working and things like that. And that'll be just like a regular day in the life of my eating. It'll still be, you know, because I like tracking, I'll still track and weigh and measure my food and things like that. But yeah, we're going to take a little road trip through the States and check out some different places there. And yeah, so that will be, again, very different because yes, well, there will be some days where, you know, like I, I treat myself here and there. It'll still be my standard nutrition that I have, because yeah, you people get they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hold myself back. I'm on vacation, and it's like, okay, one time I went on vacation to Mexico, all you can eat buffet. I think I came back like five or six pounds heavier. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, <laughs>
1: so like, you hang hung out at the buffet like the whole time. Yeah, and like I was like
0: not drinking anything, but thousand calorie pina coladas all day (laughs) long and it was like come back and stepped on the scale was like whoa what yeah. happened it was like, like oh girl yeah. you sat by the pool and just ate and drank so much so that's that's what I talk about like three weeks yeah. can set a person back for sure So a long time I'm not interested in coming back 20 pounds heavier because I went on vacation for three weeks
1: <laughs> I used to do that over like Christmas break when I was an undergrad and you had so much more time just to like Eat cookies and like everything else, well, and, and it, all like, the
0: delicious food that people make over Christmas. I know,
1: like, why, mom? Why?
0: Yeah, and that's how that's how things. So yeah, t- two different kind of scenarios. While I would, I'm not going in like stuffing my face until I want to throw up, kind of thing. Mm. But it is easy how the calories can out of especially liquid calories. Yeah, and when you're just like, I don't care, I'm on vacation. So, and while I'm in Vegas, like I'm still making like the best choices available to me if I'm going to have like when I'm having drinks and things like that. I'm not, you know, just like I said, ordering blended drink upon blended drink. And so what's
1: your like go-to drink then?
0: Vodka and water.
1: Oh yeah. So I like, know that's, that's... that
0: fun? Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> oh, staying hydrated while I get dehydrated. <laughs> yeah not that crazy of a drink it's like an old man you know like rye and water no vodka and water that was the best choice like a low calorie mix and when i say low calorie i mean no calorie mix and water or soda are the easiest i've just been doing water for so long it's natural to me they will in vegas now that they'll actually make drinks for like healthy versions of like a cocktail so yes quote unquote healthy (laughs) not a thousand calories but still they'll use like yeah the better and lower calorie uh, mixes and things like that in it so you could still have like a nice tasting drink that just doesn't (laughs) have as many and again I'm not like drinking Fifty of those because they're also like fifty dollars a piece when you're at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so I try not to have as many of those either. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um. Well, those are all the questions I have for you today. Um. I'm really happy to have been able to come be here today and help you out by asking listener questions. It was actually the best and something I can now cross off of my bucket list. So thanks. <laughs>
0: I want to thank you for coming and doing that. Like, I know you're an introvert, so it's not like the, you know, most comfortable situation for you, but I just thought it was going to be such a perfect fit because this is a passion of yours. So I mean, why not host a podcast (laughs) if you love talking about podcasts all the time? (laughs) It worked out. So yeah, thank you so much for coming and doing that. And of course, I... As always, have to thank the guys at Contrast Recording for making another amazing episode with me. If you enjoyed the episode, all I ask is that you screenshot it and share it on your Instagram story or feed to show your love. This way, the show can continue to grow and expand its listeners. The show exists because of sponsorship, so in order for me to have sponsors support it, it needs to have a following of subscribers and ratings. Taking the time to share it with your followers will totally help keep it thriving. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, please get in touch with me and I can give you all of the details so we can start working on promoting and advertising your business. Head over to my Instagram page at sweat underscore effect for all of my insights, experiences, and daily dose of goodness. Until next time, keep on having fun and keeping fit.